0: Those are the kind of struggles I'm like, well, let me hear, it. I'm gonna try to help you. And so I, I come in and I make this video and I watch them cook the food and put the story behind the food and that's what makes the food taste better. Like having your nine to five is cool but I feel like I've learned if you put your all your time in your nine to five, like where's the fun out of it? Like yeah. one day, what if that goes away? Did you actually do everything you ever wanted to do?
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. Today's guest, we have a social media content creator, TikTok-ist, TikToker? TikToker.
2: TikTok like star. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> okay.
1: absolutely. An amazing storyteller, originally from the south end of Tacoma. And also, part of your bio, you're also very talented, and creative.
0: So tell us more Tina Thatch. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Tina Thatch. Thatch. I mean, you know how we always Americanize our last names yeah. for everyone else? I feel like the
1: H is supposed to be silent, It's yeah? supposed to be Tet. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Is that a Cambodian?
0: Um, so not? it's like Khmer Krum, so my, my, we could go into it. But my dad yeah. lived on the border of Cambodia and Vietnam, so his name is like mixed with Vietnamese a little bit, but oh. my mom is a Tran, but I took my dad's last name.
1: Got it. Yeah. I love that. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Of course. Here.
0: Thank you for having me. Should should I introduce myself? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. go for it. (laughs) Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Tina Thatch. I am a social media content creator. I'm a foodie storyteller or storytelling in different aspects. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I know a lot of people know you from your work from um, being a foodie and a content creator and um, Hey Washington Foodies. So, could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So, I have a whole little niche going on called Hey Washington Foodies that focuses on black and brown immigrant small businesses. And so I kind of started storytelling when my dad passed away and I was going through a little moment where I wanted to find happiness in doing by helping other people. And so that kind of inspired me to go out during, you know, this pandemic. It was 2020 when it all started and food was my comfort when my dad had passed away. And so instead of being sad, I was like, I turned to food, and I saw this, there was a moment where TikTok was going, everyone was going viral, I was already doing social media for so long, um, and I never underst- understood the algorithm of it, so I always made dance videos and funny videos, but I was like, I don't get why people get go viral, I don't understand, and so when I turned to food and started doing voiceovers and things that I want to do in a video, that's when it kind of blew up, but it wasn't until the small business would call me and be like, everyone just ordered exactly the same thing you put in the video. And I just want to thank you for helping our business during a really rough time. And then I think at that moment I was like, oh, my gosh, is this like my thing? Like, is this my purpose in life? And when I started helping people and doing these videos one by one, I was starting to heal myself being like, wow, like this is this is so good. My dad would be so proud of me. Um and then, yeah, I broke up with my therapist. I was going through therapy oh. during that time. Uh, I was grieving over my dad, and I was just like, hey, I feel like I don't really need you anymore. And she was like, I'm so happy for you, you know? And I just kind of found my own therapy through these videos, and that's kind of how it all spiraled.
1: That's amazing. I love that food just, like, cured all right there. But it's so funny because I think food is so important in a lot of cultures. Mm-hmm. So... Was food a big thing? I know this all started because of what tragically you know, happened and with your dad. Um, was food a big thing for him?
0: Yeah, so my father was a fisherman in Alaska when I was growing up. So he would come home every three months. And so a lot of times we weren't that close as much as I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are really older. Like, they could be my grandparents. So my mom right now is 73. My dad passed when he was 74. And my brother is 50 years old. So we're like 20 years apart. Wow. So pretty much my brother raised me. He is like my father. Like, when I look at my brother, I remember growing up me like, you're so mean. Like, why are you so mean? Like, you're so strict. But now when I grow up, I appreciate him so much because he had to be my father figure. And so my father was uh, working at Trident Seafoods on the boat. He would leave every three months wow. and come home. But I just remember growing up with him being like, so he's Cambodian. He lived on the border of Cambodia and vietnam So he spoke Vietnamese at home with me because my mom is Vietnamese. But he also speak Cambodian. But he wasn't really, I wasn't really more on my Cambodian side because he never really put that on me. And I wish, I really wish he would, but I speak fluent Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. But there are little things about him. Like he he has such a sweet tooth. So when I remember growing up, (laughs) he literally would put sugar in his pho. Oh. Like, like, and I just thought like, (laughs) and it was just so weird, but I was just like, okay, it must be a thing. But he always loved like almond cookies and like just sweets. And I just remember growing up him liking that. And I respected him because I was just like, if this is your thing, like I'm for it, but not my thing. But it's really my mother that kind of inspired my love for food. She's such an amazing cook, like Vietnamese background. Like I, if anyone can try her food, it's so amazing. And that's kind of who helped me have such a diverse palate. She's so good at, and every time I would ask her to teach me a recipe, it's always like, it's this much. Like, I'm like, what's Mm -hmm. the measurement? She's like, look at my finger. This much sugar, (laughs) this this much salt. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's really her that kind of inspired my food. But my dad is the one who inspired me to kind of do the work because he worked all his life. He was never around. Like, every single time he came home every three months or whatever, I was like, walking, talking, graduated high school, graduated college. And, you know, for a long time, I was like feeling not anger inside, but I was like, oh, like, We're just not that close and I accepted it. But once he passed away, I was like, wow, you lived all your life working and you did not get to enjoy life and go on vacation or anything like that. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to. Yeah, we all have a nine to five, but I also want to hustle and do my hobby because that's what makes me happy. So it kind of inspired me to like not work all the time and just Mm kind of do things that, you know, are enjoyable and live life a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Um. The bit about like your your mom cooking, and I feel like that's like every Asian mom yeah out there like just put this much like yeah or like yeah. I'll ask my mom for like a recipe and she's like you aren't watching exactly. <laughs> or you know like or my my aunt be like oh you haven't learned how to make this yet. It's like, no, because you guys have not explained how to make it before.
0: Or like you try to go in the kitchen and you help and they're just yeah. like, you're just making the process really longer. And I'm like, I yeah. just want to learn. It's yeah. just like, get out the kitchen. I'm yeah. like, all right.
2: <laughs> and then they're like, you still didn't learn? Yeah, like, like,
0: yeah, exactly. okay, like, okay.
1: <laughs> I love that. Um, what's like your favorite
0: um, dish your mom makes? Um there's so many. She makes a really good chicken curry. That's mm. what I love and you have it with the bun mi bread on the side and you yes. dip it. And it's so yes. interesting cuz there's like Vietnamese and Cambodian food is so like similar, similar. in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um like funk with mm-hmm. But she makes a really good chicken curry bun sale. She puts a uh, beer in her bun sale to make it really crispy. Oh. So that's like her thing. She'll take like a can of uh a beer or Heineken, and she'll yeah. pour it into the batter, and when mm. she fries it, it's super, super crispy. Wow, that's sounds smart. Good. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good actually. <laughs> yeah, one for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um,
1: all the Southeast Asian like countries have very similar like uh, dishes, mm-hmm. like the curry, like the chicken curry. It's mm-hmm. like um, everyone has like a different version of it. Like Laos version is kind of like I think Kalpoon.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah it's uh, very but it similar. has noodles in it. Yeah, but it has noodles it. in it. and mm-hmm.
1: it's very, But the curry itself is very yep. similar to, like, Cambodian curry. So, yeah. yeah, but one of my favorite dishes, too. So with the, the rice, so going back to kind of, like, when you first started your TikTok account and started just going to these um, restaurants, like, what was it like for you to, one, just meet all these people and, Um, Once it started gaining traction, just meeting and finding out the stories of Uh, the businesses and the owners there like how was that for you
0: yeah so I I, when I went to Western I had a journalism background so that's Mm -hmm. kind of something I studied Mm -hmm. with like like asking the right questions Mm -hmm. and making sure I'm taking notes and so I think growing up I've always been a very curious person and so because I didn't really have siblings my brother was so much older and most kids would feel very alone and be antisocial but because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that at home I was so so social all the time like (laughs) being friends with my teachers talking to random people on the bus like I was that kid I was always been very curious so I think I was like born like God gave me this gift of like having this warm personality where a stranger can tell me feel like they can tell me anything and so when I went to these restaurants it was people that I like I've been to the restaurant before and I've seen these people work hard or I've been connected in some way where I trust someone's um, suggestion And coming in and actually saying, like, hey, I want to help you. I want to tell your story. I want to know how you created this business, what recipes you got from your family. They were all shocked because at the end of the day, they don't really understand social media. They're looking at me like, what do you mean you're going to make a video, you know? I was like, I don't want any money from you. I I do not ask for any money from these small businesses. I do that as the kindness of my heart. I feel like it's kind of like my little nonprofit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I come in and I sit down with them and I'm like, I just want you to tell me your story. And they sit and we have a conversation for 30 minutes, an hour. And I'm sitting there just taking notes and it flows naturally. I don't have any questions written down. It's just what I'm asking while we're sitting down. And they just tell me everything. They tell me they had to take out their 401k because this is what they wanted to do. Or they had to fire all their employees because they didn't have enough money to pay them. And they have their families working. But... Those are the kind of struggles I'm like, well, let me hear. It. I'm going to try to help you. And so I, I come in and I make this video and I watch them cook the food and put the story behind the food. And that's what makes the food taste better. And the worst part of it, the negative part of it is it's so hard to hear someone's long story and then cut it for a minute on TikTok and Reels. Yeah. That's like the worst part, you know. Um, That's why I'm heading to YouTube soon. So after that, it was kind of like when we posted on social media, I mean, they don't know what's going on. And I didn't expect it either. But because I was trying to be so genuine, authentic, I think that's like the number one thing. Mm -hmm. People enjoyed it. They love hearing about, you know, how the food is being made because that's what makes it taste better, like I said. so. You know, they were just shocked because after the video went viral, people would come in. And I kid you not, there was, like, lines. There was places that don't even have reservations. Like, I did a a Laos hot pot place in the Crossroads Mall. It's a little food court. And they they had to do reservations in a food court because the line was so long. And that was, like, my favorite story because he was the one who took out his 401k. And it was just him and his wife and their daughter working. And there was, like, no one coming in because of COVID. But then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people started coming in where people had to wait to go be seated. And he was just like, I can hire people now. Like, you know, I have enough money to hire one other person to help me out. And, yeah, it was cool.
2: So what was, like, okay, so there's, you've built up quite the story thus far. What was the first story like? The first (laughs) restaurant you went to, the first family homegrown place you went to, what was that, like, interaction like? How did that start?
0: Yeah, the first video wasn't even like an interview. The first video that really went viral was I went to Mangosteen and I was following the account for a while and Ty was working and so – I was just really sad, and I DM'd him. I was like, "Hey, I never been to your restaurant. Like, are you open?" He was at the Red Boat at the time, and he was like, "Yeah, come by, and if you make a TikTok, like, I'll give you free boba." I was like, "Absolutely! Like, I will do anything for free food." So then I came down, and I was recording like the fish sauce wings and the boba and all this stuff. And I was like, "What would I want in this video?" Uh, So I had a video clip of him. I said the prices or whatever, and there wasn't any storytelling. Yeah. So once that came became viral, I was like. I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more like what, what would make me different from everyone else, you know? And so then I think the second one was Coffeeholic. And so I came there and I met Chen and his wife and they're so young and they had opened, they just opened this Vietnamese coffee shop and hearing their story, I was just like, I need to tell this. I need to tell like, you know, you all immigrated here from Vietnam and trying to open up a like a modern Vietnamese coffee shop that is so cool. And then that interaction, he was just like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. And at the time, there was already people starting to make different TikToks and being like, here's – there's this food and this food. And it wasn't anything like storytelling. And so when I kind of posted that, everyone was like, thank you so much. Like, I met the owners, and they're so nice, and it's cool hearing their story. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. And, like, my inspirations, I've always watched, like, Anthony Bourdain growing up Mm. and seeing him travel the world and actually – take time to be a human and not like someone that's looking for profit to sit down and be normal. I I look up to that. You know, I want to be able to see people for who they are and how hard it is. I, you know, all these different people I've met, Opening up a small business is no joke. Like yep. people just come in and they buy food and they just think like that's it. But there's so much background. There's inflation. There's hiring people. There's pay. You know, when things go bad in the back, like you have to throw it out and buy new. And there's so much of it, and people don't understand that part. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I want to tell those stories.
2: Definitely, working in the food service industry has like really changed our, our, perse- yeah, our yeah, perception, yeah, perception or perspective on what goes on behind the kitchen because it's like. Wow, yeah, it's yeah. insane, and the fact that I, I totally get the, this to fit this in a one minute TikTok I can't even fathom yeah. that. So, when can we start seeing YouTube? You yeah,
0: YouTube. it's so funny because I keep everyone's keeps like anticipating because I have record I've recorded the video, oh, yeah, <laughs> and it was like twenty minutes long, and I was like, oh, like everyone's like you should make it fifteen minutes, and I don't, you know, I kind of let everyone kind of give their opinion. so I worked really hard to kind of cut it to fifteen minutes. I think I'm just like. It, i just wanted to be perfect because i don't think a lot of people know this but i was on youtube years ago like yeah. i used to sing on youtube oh. uh, i used to before the food stuff like i was that my space girl who did <laughs> youtube covers around like the aj Raphael time mm-hmm. like you know all this stuff and like my i'm um, good friends with timothy de la ghetto we kind of started and he kept nice. going and i used to sing a lot in college and perform and stuff like that and so I have like 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so when I wow. had that, I went to college and I was like, this isn't going anywhere and I could hear my my Asian mom in my head like, <laughs> you need to get a real job. Like what are you doing, you know? So after college, I just kind of stopped singing, which really kind of like sucks because that was my passion first. Like music will always be my passion. And the videos are still there and, and it's funny I see comments like still listening to this cover in 2023, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, and so I kind of want to make the the first video talk about, like, hey, YouTube subscribers, like, I know it's been a long time, I'm not dead, but this is what I've been up to, and so kind of mixing my food world with my music world together, but yeah, it's coming soon, I I posted my first YouTube short, it's crazy that everyone's wanting to become, like, this short video kind of, like, content Mm -hmm. for TikTok, putting on reels, and putting on YouTube, but Uh, yeah, I posted my first YouTube short and the YouTube longer video will be out soon.
2: It it goes back and forth. Sometimes, like, shorts are, like, the hot thing. And then next thing you know, the longer the video, the better. And it just goes goes back and forth. But I'm going to be excited to see that, like... A little bit longer form content that you have.
1: Will there be like um, like a combo of like singing Tina and hey, foodie yeah. Tina yes, like in one video? I was bring saying it so long. I mean like, yeah,
0: I want to, but I don't know. The internet is so mean. Like, I think what I've learned throughout these years of being on the internet is people are, what do you call like keyboard warriors? Like they'll mm-hmm. say whatever. Yeah.
2: Everyone's um, a critic. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm super sensitive. I'm such a crybaby. Like, no. I'll sit there and I'm like, Simon, they said my voice is so annoying. And he's like, babe, they're like seven years old. I was like, that's true. But no, I'm trying to grow a thicker skin with that stuff. But um, yeah, maybe. Um, I definitely want to do like kind of more sit down and you'll see the interviews instead of yeah. the interviews with these owners, instead of me just saying like this one minute thing, I want to sit down and be like, hey, this is the person, here's their face. And they kind of use their voice to kind of you know, do the interview. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you already kind of set the tone for that already. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you have
1: teased us with these minute videos like for so long already that like, it just makes sense. Like, I think it's a smart move to go transition over to like longer videos. Yeah, I just think it's that. tough
0: because these short videos are vertical and yeah. then mm-hmm. the YouTube videos this way and I'm just like, <laughs> I need to choose which one. But um, I do think, I watch a lot of YouTubers and I do love just sitting down and eating dinner or like sitting down and watching this stuff and I do feel like, I don't know. It's you get more out of it. So yeah. maybe like the vlog style. Um, maybe when I go and support Simon and his merchandise, and we kind of make. So s- my fiance Simon has an art studio, so we make our own merchandise. Like we'll print things and right. fold stuff. Um, so there's just so much of like vlog style. I think that people really would enjoy.
1: Yeah, like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. people love that. I
2: mean, there's a story right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Oh gosh. What's really fascinating about this is you're you're making an impact in the community. And you still have a nine to five, yeah, so that's really cool. It's like a lot of people think that oh I have a job so there's no space, there's mm-hmm. no time to do other things, but you have a nine to five and it's a very busy nine to five yes, on top of that, you're making such a huge impact with everyone in the community and and you know people of color and stuff that you're just like families, immigrant families, you're helping out so many of them. that is such a cool thing, yeah, to I barely see.
0: sleep, but
1: <laughs> uh, my mental health is trash, but
0: <laughs> No, uh yeah, I have a nine to five that I I come in and it's a lot of work. It's for a big, big brand and um they support me fully in the things that I do and I feel very lucky, but it is exhausting because after my nine to five, I go home. I try to still do my routine of working out, mm-hmm. eating dinner, but I stay up a lot a lot of times till like three or four o'clock in the morning just because I'm editing mm. and trying to do these voiceovers, which take forever. I, I write a whole script. Sometimes it takes multiple days. I edit. I write a script of all my interview notes, and then I do the voiceovers. And I'm a perfectionist, so every time you hear, like, hey, Washington foodies, that's, like, new. That's a new take every time. That's not, like, <laughs> me copying the voiceover and putting over. No, it's new every time. But, like, I honestly feel when you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter. Like, yep. you will always put – your hard work, you'll always put in time because that's your dream and that's your goal. And I think a lot of people who have dreams and goals, having a hobby is what makes life so fun. Like having your nine to five is cool, but I feel like I've learned if you put your all your time in your nine to five, like... Where's the fun out of it? Like, yeah. one day, what if that goes away? Did you actually do everything you ever wanted to do? I never want to look back and say, like, I, I wish I did this or have yeah. any regret. I just want to do as much as I can until I can't. And if I make mistakes, like, thank God I learned the lessons now, mm-hmm. or I would have never known, and I'm all about, like, shooting for the stars because you just never, never know.
2: I love that. Shoot yeah. for the stars because even if you miss, you'll hit the moon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you plan? Like, what's a big uh, – or are you just kind of – Winging it as you go along. i, I wing winging things as I go along. But, like, is there, like, an, uh, kind of, like, a bigger plan for what you're doing with Washington Foodies?
0: Um, honestly, I don't want to be Washington Foodies for the rest of my life. I think that it's, it's a small box uh, to be mm-hmm. stuck in. But I do want to continue the work. But I, I feel like I'm way more than that, you know. Yeah. And I think that this is, like, I am th- – this is a part of me, but that's not all of me. Um, so, I do want to be able to explore other locations, cities, countries, and be able to help other people, not just stick yeah. in Washington. I also feel like, with my journalism background, there's other stories to tell. There's like people who do lashes, people who do hair, people who are trainers that have small business. I want to tell their story. Um, and I also want to do things where I am recording myself learning how to cook with my mom because one day she might not be here anymore and I want to be able to kind of document that that time I had with yeah. her um and yeah I don't know the music stuff and there's just so much other things I want to do but I think at the end of the day with social media it's cool to have a niche and that's what you're known for but I think I'd rather be a fully full person because yeah I don't want to be that for the rest of my life because that makes me stuck in a box mm-hmm.
2: that's a really good way to look at it yeah at
1: it. absolutely and especially with being so talented and creative like you just have so much to there's so much more for you to share and, and give and put out there that I think your audience and people watching will definitely love to see that
0: as yeah, well. Yeah, I truly believe that when you support your community, they really support you back. And I've seen yeah. that come in like t- 10 folds mm-hmm. of like, you know, I never ask for anything. I think when it comes to kindness, you do it out of your heart and then you'll see whatever happens, happens, yeah. right? Like, when I go to these small businesses, I come in to help. I don't want anything yeah. from you. Like, I just want to help you, and then we'll yeah. see what where it takes us. And every time that I do something or I, I drop, like, some merchandise or I have an event, people show up because, you know, I'm being authentic. And I think a lot of the times with social media, people look at these likes and these followers, and I'm just saying clout doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, one absolutely. day, what if the Internet shuts off and there's no social media? What do you have? Mm-hmm. You know That's what I mean? True. So what I have is – all these positive changes that I've helped the community, like that shit doesn't go away. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, yeah. And it's, it's much more authentic, I think, what you're doing too mm-hmm. because like we do get like DMs from a lot of people and they'll say, we want to help you out. Like, great, great. Let's partner. Let's figure something out. Yeah. Like we'd love to, like because they're growing too and then they'll send us, here's our package. Yeah. And it's like this yeah. much. So, so it's like how much we cost yeah Yeah. (laughs) never mind but like you go out it's like no i just want to help you Mm -hmm. i just i just want to be i just want to tell everyone your story and and you do it so authentically that it's like there's nothing there that like people get get people caught off guard where it's like oh she's just trying to get something out of us which is i think huge like because a lot Mm -hmm. of people are just trying to be out there trying to get free food trying to Mm -hmm. make money off of these small companies and stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that having a 9 to 5 has has helped me because then I have another income coming in, Mm -hmm. so I'm not struggling to be like, I need this money. And so I think that I'm able to say no to certain things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of nice because I do come in choosing, getting to choose what I want to do. Like I, I get a whole bunch of DMs and like stories and things like that, and I can't help everyone, but I have to have a personal connection to this restaurant or have someone that I trust to give me this recommendation before I accept and there's a lot of aspects when it comes for for me to choose the story is the owners their story the food has to be good um you know is it something that they already had a lot of media around like they don't need my help as much that's you know that's the kind of story I like to go for um but it's tough because I think a lot of people are like probably thinking like oh you get paid to do this Mm -hmm. small business stuff I don't and that's why like if I did maybe I would able to go like way farther in Washington but it's like I go to the areas that I can um but even though I don't like charge these small businesses, this work has gotten me a lot of brand deals. So that's the, the where the money comes in with like working with big brands and partnerships and things that have money, like that's where I, I get the money from, which is really nice.
2: And it helps support you mm-hmm. in continuing what you're doing. So that's exactly. that's huge. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And then um, with, like, you know, being on TikTok or making any content or even just with marketing, um, a lot of people see the, the result, right, the end result. They see the video and they see how nice it is. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily see the, the work that goes behind it, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had people who are like, oh, you have a marketing team? Why? What do they do? Just take nice photos and just post it? Like, I can do that, right? So, <laughs> so for you, um, I know you mentioned a little bit about, all the the work that goes into just one video so how long like how many hours would you say goes into just like one video for one location one restaurant
0: yeah so i think it's multiple days so one day i plan to shoot i come in to the Mm -hmm. restaurant it takes about two or three hours for the interview I sit down with them I record them cooking I try the food the next day I work on editing the video and then writing the script of all the notes Mm -hmm. that I take the next day then I do voiceovers and so I used to do this all in one day and that was like killing me so I was like trying (laughs) to spread it out but that was like so when it comes to the hustle and consistency I say when it comes to social media you have to be consistent so mm-hmm. the first year i was grinding i was like i'm going to post a video once a week yeah. so i did what it t- took mm-hmm. to do that and once i kind of grew that following and the people i was like all right cool now i can do it when i want but i can say when you're consistent to your brand that's really what's going to yep. make you thrive mm-hmm. and so now i spread myself for three days just because it's a lot of work yeah. and if i'm not feeling good and i don't like my content it's not going to be good and you're mm-hmm. going to see that and so I need to put myself first. And um, if if people love your content, they're going to wait for it. They're going to enjoy it no matter when or what time you're going to post it.
1: Uh, yeah, people just don't realize how much work it really takes behind the scenes, which is I think why a lot of people resonate with the storytelling behind the – the restaurant or wherever you visit right because it gets a little you people get a little glimpse of what's going on and I think people always want to learn more yeah and some people just don't understand what it takes and so I think it's awesome that you bring that storytelling element to it and you're willing to share that
0: yeah the owners that I've met like they work so hard like I'm sure you both know it's like People just see Pochi and the boba, but they don't know who owned it or how much it took or the rebrand or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times people come in and they open a restaurant mm-hmm. and they have to take loans out and they mm-hmm. have to find people who want to work for them. And during the pandemic, it was so hard because not a lot of customers want to eat out and yep. stuff. So I can only imagine the struggle of trying to transition your work into Grubhub or DoorDash or things like that. Um but like I said, I just, I just love eating a dish and being like, wow, this came from centuries of recipes from a different country or um, wow, you br- like it took you a day and a half to make this pho or whatever, you know, like it's just so much it just tastes so much better. Yeah. So kind of
1: I wanted to go back to kind of um, your family history a little bit, because I know being like a first generation, um, that's kind of like a big thing. So could you tell us a little bit about just growing up, how you grew up, what your family culture
0: and dynamics were like? Yeah, so my mom is Vietnamese, and she had a son, which is my brother. He's Vietnamese and Hawaiian, and during the Vietnam War, uh, his dad was an American soldier, and so when he, he his dad was around, they had my brother, and then he had to go back to war and kind of never came back. And so the things that my mom and my brother have seen and dealt with, I just always, like, have to take in mind about, you know, how much work it was to get here. And so my mom used to tell me she was holding my brother jumping over dead bodies and trying to hide in caves. And, like, during the Vietnam War, it was so crazy. And the fact that she was able to come to America is, like, wow, like, the privileges that I have. You know, I'm so grateful. And so they had to, because my brother's father was an American soldier, they were able to go to the Philippines to learn English before they immigrated to the U.S., And so my brother and my mom have gone through it. That's their best friends. Like, my brother took care of her. They both worked on the fishing boat together. And so that's when my mom met my father um, on the Trident Seafoods boat. And so... I don't know what happened on the boat, but that's when they had me. <laughs> um, she had me when she was uh, 40. <laughs> I was like, Mom, was on an accident. <laughs> Thank you for real. Um, and so, yeah, so when my mom was pregnant with me, she went back to Washington, and my brother and my dad was working. Um, I tried see seafoods for a while, but then my brother's like, I'm going to go back and just be with my mom and kind of take care of us. And so I kind of grew up with just my mom trying to, she just like, Cut everything off and was like, I don't need to work. Like I want to take care of you. And you know, as we were younger, I was used to be so embarrassed of her, like having to walk me to school and be that Asian mom that was always like bringing the smelly food to mm-hmm. to lunch. And I was getting made fun of. But when I grew up, I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful. Like the lunch food was trash, like that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> but yeah. I was so upset because I traded my Me for a PB and J. Like why did yeah. I do that? <laughs> um, but. She always took care of me, and she was always, always that sensitive, emotional mom, and so I think that's where my emotions and being sensitive comes from, yeah. and though people probably think like it might be like a weakness, but I think me being able to feel the way I feel and feel people's emotions by the stories they tell me, like I'm really grateful to have that part of my mom's personality for me, um, and growing up, yeah, my brother was super tough on me because... You know, having an Asian household, it was so strict. So I would be the the girl that would sneak out in the window and get caught and and have my friends pick me up, then my mom would whoop me with the broom in front of all my friends. But Oh, in
1: front of your friends. Yeah, and I'm oh just my like, gosh. Oh my
0: gosh. I hope I don't have a daughter. This is my mom always tells me, you know how mom's be like, You're gonna have karma, you're gonna have a daughter, it's gonna be bad like you. I was like, oh no. Man. Um, but I grew up in Tacoma in the South, and it was very, very diverse and I grew up with a lot of black and brown, Mexican, Asian, black people. Like I was, I was always open to different cultures. And, you know, it was like a middle class, low income community. And a lot of people don't leave Tacoma. But I always had bigger dreams. And yeah. unfortunately, my parents never went to college, neither did my brother. My parents probably went to elementary school and that was it. And my brother went to get his GED to be a computer tech. But they never encouraged me to go to college or anything like that. But because I was so social, I became friends with my teachers and they're the ones that were like, hey, like, you want to go to college, we'll we'll pay for your applications. Wow. Uh, they used to drive wow. me to college campuses because I never stepped foot on anything higher education. And I just was like, my eye was like open. I was like, wow, like, I can do this. And so I remember one nice. of my teachers, we went on a field trip to Western. And she was like, I went to this school, like, I think you would really like it. And so she paid for my application and I got in. Wow. And so I was a part of all mm-hmm. these like, after school programs for college. And that's kind of what inspired me to do more. You know, I was like, I feel like I could be breaking generational curses by having higher education. And yeah, yeah growing up was tough. I, I, no one ever taught me anything. I kind of figured out on my own, but I used to be so upset not being able to go home and have my mom helping my homework. I was like, how come everyone's parents get to like mm-hmm. teach them science and math and I don't have anyone and no one speaks English. Like, but then I, I realized because of that struggle, I was able to figure things out on my own. Like yeah. I'm very grateful for the way I grew up because I think a lot of times people who don't struggle, they don't understand how hard it takes to work for the things that you want. That's true. And I'm so grateful that I had to hustle. I had to figure it out. And that's why where I'm at today, like, I didn't get anything handed to me. Like, everything that I ever went for, I went because I wanted to do it. And I figured the shit out on my own. So nothing was ever handed to me. Yeah. And what's amazing about that, too, is, like,
1: every time you talk about your hardships or or something that people would normally, it would normally hold people back. I love the way you talk about it because every single time that happens, you look at the, the positive in it. You look at the strength. You, you look at how, how you can use it to your advantage versus how is this holding me back, exactly. which is amazing. And I think that speaks to, to the strength you have just as a human being, as a person. Like that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think the moment I was born, I was like, I'm going to be a fucking star. Like, I re- I remember <laughs> I being a-, a kid and being singing and being like, I was such a dreamer, you know? Like, I had all these dreams of wanting to do more and get getting out of here. Like, I used to watch MTV and was like, I want to be on the beach on, like, spring break. And I was like, five. I was like, I should be watching this. But I just wanted to do <laughs> oh, more. No. And so I-, I knew that the only way to do it was I wanted to learn more. I think knowledge is power at the end of the day. And education, though... We're going to be in debt forever
1: it's still great because <laughs> i was learning
0: so much uh so i think that regardless i know deep down in my heart i, I always wanted to do more so regardless of following my dreams or going to college i was going to do whatever it takes to get there wow
1: i love just how like how you just own who you are and like you know what you want and you just go for it and a lot of people will a lot of people will just take all those hardships take all those whatever problems they have and just let them hold hold them back from doing those things and I love how unafraid you are to do that. So that's um well, I think
2: there's a lot of people too that have been given or just handed things mm-hmm. so there's a lot of entitlement that I know I see nowadays with some some of the uh, kind of the younger generation there's a yeah. bit more entitlement instant gratification because of course I mean the whole social media like you the likes and the follows and yeah. stuff it's instant right so as soon as that doesn't happen people People not get upset, and then there's there are some that have had challenges along the way, kind of like you, but use it as kind of a crutch. It's like, oh, I yeah, I exactly. didn't have a good life, or my parents didn't speak English, so this. Is... But you took that and just flipped it, and you used yeah. that for to as an advantage for yourself. As there, a, there was no blame. No, no, yeah. there was no blame. You took full. You took like you took full accountability for it, full responsibility for it. Where the power is literally in your hands mm-hmm. to change your life. Which is like just hearing your story is really cool because you 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 really took all these quote unquote disadvantages Mm -hmm. that people may see as disadvantages, but you took that as a strength and that's, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I I can say it takes a lot of time to kind of get to know yourself. And um, as much as I show myself that I'm confident, I think it's you fake it till you make it. Like I'm never going (laughs) to show everyone that I'm really scared. Like if I need to do something, like though I feel the way I feel, like, I think life is about faking it. Like you want to go do something, put a smile on your face and keep going. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I think I had to sit a lot alone and kind of feel the way I feel. And I think when you have a bad day, that's okay. If you're not okay, that's okay also. And I had to sit down and be like, these are my struggles, but how can I make a change? There's a lot of the times people go through hardships and they just sit down and not take any action. For me, I think that when I feel the sense of like weakness or I feel like I'm failing. I don't want to feel like that anymore. So what am I going to do to change it? Um, But it took a lot of time. A lot of people don't know themselves yet and that's okay. I I think it takes a lot of years to kind of be like, if you could describe yourself in three words, could you do it? I did like, there's a lot of times people can't say like the three things that they would say about themselves. Um, And when you kind of figure out those three, three words that describes yourself, I kind of feel like that's when, you know, like, okay, this is who I am right now. That's great
2: well I kind of want to ask if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice what would you tell yourself
0: I would say I know this sucks right now and this is really hard but trust me you're gonna be so happy soon it's gonna be so worth it keep going like I know you're crying right now and it really (laughs) sucks but I swear to you it's gonna get better that's probably what it is. Because there's so many times I was like, I hate my life. Why is this happening to me? But like, I wouldn't regret it for a thing. Because when I cried over some stupid boy, or a situation, I'm so glad I went through it. Because I'm like, Oh, my God, it made me a better person. Or there was some lesson into everything that has happened in my life in some way.
2: Nice. Good. and And of course, even though you may have cried over a boy, now you have an amazing fiance. That's
0: I know he's so lucky.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <gosh>. Yes. <laughs> I slid in his DM, so it kind of worked out. Hey. <laughs> there you go.
1: Okay. So, how's the the wedding planning Thanks. coming along?
0: Yo, why is wedding so expensive? Right. <laughs> it is. Right? Dude, it, I, it, I it's no so cl- expensive. I had no clue catering was the most expensive part. Oh, so expensive. And I think. From the
1: pandemic, it's only gotten more expensive,
0: too. Mm-hmm. Eloping is starting to look real nice. I was, I mean, that's what I told <laughs> I was <laughs> like... <laughs> we should
2: have. Yeah, we should have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the courthouse, I was like, should we... No, but I dream of a really good <laughs> wedding. Um, I went to the wedding expo, and I was very overwhelmed. Uh, luckily, we have a friend that's a wedding planner to kind of help good. out, but... Um, yeah, I was just like, how long do I can live this fiancé life? Like, But our, <laughs> our parents, like I said, my parents are really old. Or my mom is really old. Yeah. And Simon's parents are a little older, too. So they're just kind of pressuring us, like, you guys are going to be together forever anyway. So come on, just get married. Get and it yeah.
2: over with. <laughs> Let's
0: yeah. get it over with. Like, they just want us to get it done. But uh, hopefully we can freaking things out with costs and stuff. And I don't know. It's yeah, it's a lot. I'm just like, I I don't know. But I was saying like, I feel like I can like get a wedding dress, like promote a wedding dress and get it like sponsored or something. Maybe (laughs) we'll see you know (laughs) we're just gonna
1: speak it out into the world yeah it'll happen
0: i'm all out manifestation like i've been doing this thing where i'm just like would speak out loud like i'm so lucky and all these great things are happening to me and like in the beginning of the year i wrote about all these like manifestations of 2023 but i wrote it in a in a tense where it already happened like i will do this and i will reach this i will do three pull-ups like there's just so many things i put (laughs) um but i'm i'm able to kind of like keep myself accountable so it's really been nice. You
2: don't know. One person that might be listening to this right now might be like, Oh, we got a deal for you. Yeah. So yeah. You don't I never know. know. You yeah. Never know. So like, okay, so with with that, what's a like a word of wisdom that you may give to somebody who's looking into getting into kind of like what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Who may who might have a nine to five as well, mm-hmm. right? Who's interested in kind of like doing their own thing, either on TikTok or YouTube or whatever platform. Because it's not easy at first. When you first start, it's never easy. So, what would you? What kind of advice would you give them?
0: I would say step back and prioritize, because at the end of the day, what's going to pay you more, right? So, or what's going to be more efficient to your life? So, right now, my nine to five pays my bills, and you need money to pay bills, so that's my priority. But after that, what's you have your hobbies, you have things to take care of. So, I think you should do a prioritizing exercise and being like, what do I need to do? And what can I do during my free time and kind of, or what's more important to me? So then you can kind of organize your time better and your calendar. And that's, that would help you be able to do multiple things at once. Because if you're overwhelmed and you put too much time into one thing and don't have time for another, it's just all going to be bad. Um, and I think that it's good to kind of do that exercise to kind of know like what you actually want. So then you can get the results that you want.
1: Nice. I love that. Prioritize. Wow. Well, Tina, thank you for sharing your story yeah. and sharing other people's story yeah. in the community. Like... We
2: get to share your story. Yes, thank you for having me. Which is really me. cool. Thank you thank normally you. share everybody's story. You yeah, get to share exactly. your story today.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super grateful, and I'm excited to see where Pochi goes with all of this.
2: I hey, pretty you. soon. Here we go. Well, yeah. thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Cool. <laughs> You're a natural. I know. You, you
1: are. <laughs>